This is a very special episode of the Ohio's on Fire podcast. I'm Daniel, and you guys may have noticed I've taken the last few weeks to not release any new episodes. I need some time away, as I've been dealing with my own issues personally and professionally. I needed time to do that. And of course, I've been following what's been going on in this world. I'm absolutely sickened by what happened to George Floyd, and I want to share my thoughts on the movement that's taken place because of his death since that time. Since that was the last time I was on, that has taken place. And I do dedicate this episode to anyone that's ever been affected by racism and abuse. On May 25, 2020, Floyd, he was arrested for a charge of using counterfeit money. He may have unknowingly gave a fake $20 bill at a grocery store at the Powderhorn Park neighborhood of Minneapolis. Floyd appeared to be groggy from being on medication, so they decided to call the cops as he wouldn't give back the pack of cigarettes that he had bought and using the $20 bill. The cops came. Floyd was very peaceful with the very first set of officers that came his way. Floyd also raised concerns of being claustrophobic. He said he was sick. So he was hoping maybe for a bigger vehicle to be taken off if, they had, if he had to be taken off. Because then they call for backup. And then Derek Michael Chauvin comes to the scene. And what he does next is very disturbing and sickening. First he pulls Floyd across the back seat of a driver's side police officer vehicle that Floyd was placed in. Floyd, still handcuffed, fell to the pavement on his chest to the ground. Chauvin places his knee across the back of Floyd's neck and applies pressure for the next 8 minutes and 46 seconds. Floyd was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital shortly after. Chauvin has since been charged with murder and rightfully so. Since that time, in the last two weeks, protests have been held all over the United States of America in various parts of the world to protest police brutality and hopes for a change in how police handle situations involving people of color, mostly African Americans. Floyd, he was, he's had to suffer mildly during the last minutes of his life, but now everyone considers him a hero because he seems like he was a good man. He struggled, like any other person out there, they struggled with some things here and there. He worked every day to make himself a better person. And he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But now everyone's learning from this. People like Chauvin, he is mentally unstable. He should never have been a police officer to begin with. He was very evil, and there was cases where he was very inappropriate with black people in the past. And he should have been gone. This should have never happened. What Chauvin did, it gives police officers a bad name because I know people who work in the force. They are first responders. They're very professional. They would never do such a thing. To my friends of color, you're doing the right thing and peacefully protesting police brutality. There are those that are taking these protests to extremes. They're looting and damaging buildings. That can be just as fatal as police brutality. And anyone that is doing that, I urge you to stop and think what you're doing. And I said the words, do the right thing, and actually reminds me of the film, Do the Right Thing. Once the riots escalated in the streets of Brooklyn, 
this DJ in the movie, which was played by Samuel L. Jackson, he played Senior Love Daddy. He told them to cut that shit out. He used the power of radio to keep his community from going over the edge. He was the voice of the voiceless at a time where they needed it the most. And what I want to know, and I think what a lot of people want to know now, is where does this racist mindset come from? Why do white people, why did he keep being racist and violent for no reason to black people and people of color in general? Why does this keep happening? I came across a wonderful article. It's from the Australian Human Rights Commission website. And this is some of the key points that they had to say. Because now I'll elaborate on what the, each of those points mean. We take on the views of people around us. And that means that at a young age, we learn from our adult superiors, like our parents, or anyone that's legally able to raise their kids. They just hear stuff from them. Like they had a bad point of view of race. They usually, they usually say those things in private, but they are around their loved ones. You know, it's usually, usually in bad news reporting, like in the news, newspapers, any outlet that depicts race in not so flattering light. It just makes people go off and they share some bad things sometimes. And they got that way because they learned it from other people. And that, those views that they learned from the people that was in their lives, it just manifest. And it gets worse if they let it. They can stop that. If they learn other counts of point of view early on in their life, they get, there's a point of view and then a counterpoint. When the story's one-sided, then they, they're not they're likely not to learn. Another issue raised in the article is that we hang around with people like us. That means whites hang out with whites, blacks hang out with blacks. And yes, for my white audience out there, there's nothing wrong with liking white people. However, if you want more friends. There's, def there's definitely nothing wrong with diversifying your friends group. Because there's so many wonderful people out there. When you block them out, you miss out on a wonderful experience. You miss out on what the universe is truly all about. Some people just block those people out. And of course, when we do hear of something bad, we're quick to judge. That's something else the article mentions. We judge people by the clothing they wear, the music they listen to, how much money they have their neighborhood, their education. It just becomes a contest on who's better than who. So judgmental attitudes is what causes racism to grow and grow. And the other big point of view from this article is we blame others for our problems, and that is definitely the truth. Some people struggle in life. You're not going to get what you want all the time in this life. But instead of making yourself a better person, we find a scapegoat. Maybe I'm not the problem. Maybe white people is not the problem. Maybe black people are just that bad. And I can find a way to prove it. That's the mentality that racists would have. They blame their problems on other people that are less severe, that they are inferior to them. Racism is like alcoholism. It will hit you hard. You can't stop it once it becomes too late. I urge anyone that struggles with race in their life... To seek counseling or have a private conversation with a community leader somewhere in your neighborhood or your city. I believe dialogue is the best, one of the best cases in preventing racism. 
Because when we talk, we share our story, but we also hear the stories of others. Because that's how it all normally ends. People, they take out the racism to a full rage. It ends in death. We see these violent protests. People jumping in cars and running over people for no damn reason. And it doesn't have to be that way. Your life will go down a dark hole if you continue to have racism and rage lead your way. Please, seek a professional counselor. Have all the conversations you need to have. Ask any questions that you need to ask. Minnesota Police, the United States of America, in the world, Black Lives Matter.